Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Previously on the Simply Human podcast. You know, like our family here at home really does dim all the lights at about 7 or 7.30. And we're not going to have to do that soon. Like it's, uh, you know, it's 5-ish, 5.20-ish here right now where I am. And it's starting to get dusky already. So there's less of that. And we just have to be mindful that if we want to get a good sleep, we know that we're going to keep the lights kind of low and make sure that we're... We're staying in tune with our natural circadian rhythms. It's episode 150 of the Simply Human Podcast with your hosts, Mark and Rick, two human beings being human. Our goal is to help you understand how humans are designed to eat, sleep, move, and enjoy, and how you can start living more like a human today. On today's show, it is Dave Hunt, owner of CrossRope. It's like CrossFit with a jump rope. It's crazy. He's crazy. It's awesome. Then it's oh, you. Oh, no, 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 he's not crazy. Well, uh, he's a good dude. He does good things. That's not what I meant. Uh, I just meant he's awesome. He, yeah, there he is. Like a positive crazy. He's a horrible human being. <laughs> he's a Nazi. <laughs> he's a Nazi. No, he's uh, not. Dave is not a Nazi. Not a Nazi. He's not a member of the Nazi party. Totally cool guy. Um, and then it's you. implying that he was a Nazi. Sorry. I apologize on that. You might have said that. And then it is humans being human with the return of George, and we tell the deliver his uh, baby on his bathroom floor story, which is interesting. And we'll wrap up with a very important Simple Human announcement and a tip of the week. How are you, Rick? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. 150 is, uh, is a milestone number. How do you define milestone number? Does it have to be an, like a number ending in a five or zero? I think so. Yeah, so like every like fifth I'm not episode. I'm disputing this is a milestone. Yeah, yeah. But like I would go with like 50 and 100 and 150. Yes. Like I would pull in in, uh, in chunks of 50, I think. Yeah. Probably. Yeah, so like for episode 100, we had Mark Sisson on. If we get to like 200, then it, we should go by 100. By 100 right, 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 right. Um, yeah, I think I think at this stage, like 150 is an, is an important milestone. And because of that milestone, I was writing down, I was trying to think of what, you know, nothing crazy has, has happened to me. I, uh, I did formally submit my complaint with the Texas Department of Licensing and 
regulations. And I can't believe you forgot to follow back up on this. You have to let us know yeah. what happens. Okay. Well, I, I sent like I got I sent the email and then I got an email back almost immediately from someone that was like, Hey, thanks for this. Uh you need to actually go to this link and fill this out. And so I did that and I've got the complaint form. Type of complaint, vehicle towing. Would you be willing to testify if the case results in a hearing? I put yes. Good. You, Heck yeah. Yeah. You as the complaining party, my all my information, the firm you are complaining about, a, a Arlington abandoned vehicle, their address, their license and registration number, all that. And then I... I just put, describe your complaint in detail, and I wrote, Good afternoon. On Friday, October 7th, I drove into Arlington from my hometown of Abilene to meet my parents for the, you know, kind of did like the email that you approved. Um, And then just, and so I've got this printed out. I've got a tracking number. I thought about having everyone like email or call the, uh, the, property owner or the i don't know the whole foods or aa arlington yeah see we don't want to cause chaos yeah yeah like mean to somebody right and that would be mean to whoever like whole foods or the towing company who answered the phone they didn't make the dumb decision right it's the tow truck yeah that's the guy right if we could find out his number (laughs) so here call (laughs) david one, two, three, Dave. four, five, six. Seven. Well, Dave is like your go-to. Not Dave, not Dave the, 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 the cross rope yeah. non-Nazi. Uh, Non-Nazi. Uh, another Dave, a different Dave. Well, okay. Dave is a generic name to George. Well, that, yeah, I know. That's like yeah, last week when we were recording with George, you were like, <laughs> instead of doing like a code blue, you're like, Dave is having a heart attack. <laughs> <laughs> I feel bad for Dave. Yeah. I, uh, I put him through everything in all my crazy stories. Yeah, poor Dave. Um, so... Let's. I've written down some like favorite podcast moments, and and then we'll we'll I'll bring them up and then we can discuss them. So we've we've mentioned it since it happened, but I really enjoyed Rick the Caveman. That was we did three. You're the only one. one. (laughs) Well, it you know you you probably feel the same way about that as I do about the prose that I wrote about the snorkeling disaster. I wrote out like a script and read like a, like a story. And I just felt like it was really bad. It was like episode 12 or something. Like when I, I was thought that Fitzpatrick was much better than Rick, the caveman. Yeah. I don't know why. Like what? I, I just thought of shaky Fitzpatrick. I worked on that for like two weeks. <laughs> shaky Fitzpatrick. Zero back. No, yeah, not nothing. Crazy. Yeah. Well, Rick, I think, I think the reason I like Rick, the caveman was because that's sort of what got you. I was just about to say, that's the beginning part of, of the being show. On Simply Human Podcast. Yeah, you initially had me on as an interview with a shift worker. Yep. And uh, we had the idea we can do one of these as a humans being human. And then I think I did another one, and you're like, "Why don't you just come on all the time?" Yeah. Like, okay. God, that's been that was like yeah, it was like November of thirteen. It's been three years since you've been officially on. And then uh, my other favorite moments were humans being human were like the Jeff when Jeff and Rob were on and to just do like yeah. memory talk, like the is your dad bald story is my still simply my f- favorite humans being human moment is Rob, uh, talking about the Franco Harris. Oh. A. <laughs> okay. Well, that's the, that's the next one I had written down because that's, I wrote transient because remember I said transient and, and Rob was like, well, first of all, we have to figure out what exactly a transient is. <laughs> <laughs> I believe you meant transient. My brother Bob is the funniest person that I know. Yeah, by far. Yeah, not even close. And then even and like when very, he, he came on and did Job Rob talk, which I thought was great, and, was and you so were like, weird. Yeah. He was like, "Hey, I, I uh, made a list of the jobs that I've had over my life." 
I was like, is this going somewhere? What are we doing? I don't know. Oh, that was, that, I thought it was really funny. I think so. Any going back and listening to any of like the childhood memories, part one, part two, job, Rob talk, any of like when you see that Rob yeah. or Jeff have been on, Brad was on and, and had, we yeah. had some fun, but he was just on once and I think he, he was good too. But, um, but, you know, uh, the two day video story. Yep. Yep. That was good. Uh, but that recently came up in a, Oh, did you not see that? I sent a link. I'm in the Dollar Shave Club sends out funny, they call them bathroom minutes, and it's just funny guy things that are like guys are interested in. And one of them was like, why do, why does it hurt so much to get kicked in the nuts? There was like research they had done about it. So I sent that to the group thread and was like, this explains a lot about the two-day video incident. I don't, but no one... It was one, very busy. I didn't, I didn't get a chance yeah, to click up. Yeah, Sorry. thanks a lot. Very uh, important, yeah, buy, sell, buy, sell. Um, That's right. How about people call your people? Yeah. Uh, the Jeff and Urban prank calls. We did two prank calls. The one with Jeff. I, where he, I am disappointed. I, I look at the Jeff prank call, and I feel like that's an opportunity lost on my end. I don't know. Uh, I thought it was that good. There was something I, I could have maybe tried harder or tweaked it a little bit to where he didn't immediately know <sighs> Upon answering the phone, that it was a prank call. Yeah, no, he didn't. He he thought something was fishy. Um, I, I thought it was good. So go back and listen to the just that's when just the prank call. But I don't think we would have gotten the gold of the urban prank call had we not practiced yes. a prank call with Jeff. Man, I had been thinking about the urban prank call for several months, and I just had never it never came up. I never brought it up. But I always had this idea, like, yeah, if we could just do something very simple, just to throw Mark's dad into an uncontrolled rage, that would be really funny. What if we just kept calling his phone and saying something, and that's it? So, oh, see, that's I'm the thing. That's Keep not, it simple. It's the most sim- simplest idea possible. It might be, that's, like, if I had to pick. That's the high point of the show, Yeah, right? I think if you have to pick, like, the favorite, what's your favorite, like, segment, it would have to be that 12-minute segment. Uh, I think I, I could go back and listen to it. Any, like, it was really I, fun yeah. And then my other favorite moment is has to be is, is this is just nothing has beat this and 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 it's been ninety shows ago. Uh, Santa Claus talk. Yeah, that was really good. Oh, I found the picture by the way <laughs> of the of the empty uh, Santa Claus. Uh, of Santa Claus. Okay, uh, okay, that's perfect. I'm glad that came up. It's on my refrigerator because I was like, man, I have the picture and i can't remember why i wanted it oh yeah but it's a picture of my dog who at that point was alive it's not anymore ron yeah uh sitting on santa claus's lap but like underneath uh the chair is the box that says santa suit it's like uh (laughs) Man, you couldn't uh, couldn't just move that box out of frame huh you just gotta leave it right there so i will uh i will Take a picture yes. of that, and I will I will uh, put that on the on the website yeah. on the, the website. I will put it on the, the Facebook, Facebook page. page. Uh, any other? That, that's all. I had a, I had a list of like kind of our notable guests that we've had in 150 shows. But were there any other moments that stick out to you as particularly uh, memorable? Man, you you hit the high points yeah. for me. Like the, 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 I think my my in, the one I remember immediately is the Franco Harris from Rob. Yeah. You Franco uh, Harris, beep mother beep. <laughs> Because uh, we're talking about how a man stole a cup of coffee from Mark's dad's bakery, yeah. like a 25-cent cup of coffee, and 
chase him down the street yelling <laughs> stealer at him, yeah. which is not even a word. Yeah. And that's how Bob got to Franco Harris. Who was a Pittsburgh stealer. Yeah. You need to find episode numbers and uh, reference them in the show notes yeah. so people can go back and enjoy. I, I kept the, I bleeped out, you know, the two cuss words that he said in that little yeah. phrase. and But I have the the original audio just for that little part like on my computer yeah. still <laughs> oh funny. so funny you la- i think that was probably your peak wheeze laugh was right when he said yeah, that yeah. <laughs> definitely i was definitely wheeze laughing yeah man yeah. all the wheeze laughing i think both of our the climactic wheeze laugh was when my dad said i don't know steve <laughs> and i don't know what you're talking yeah. about so bleep off so f- <laughs> <laughs> Oh man. Well, okay. So here's I, here's a list of some of the notable names and some of the notable people we've had on the show, and it's a lot longer than I. Okay, it's Kelly Starrett, Mark what Sisson, <laughs> Mark Sisson, Jason Side, Sarah Fergoso, Kate Galliet, Katie Bowman, Rob Wolf's assistant, Jonathan, <laughs> <laughs> Jonathan, I who saw Bill Clinton's car drive by in 1990. Yeah, <laughs> Jonathan Baylor, Vinnie Tortorich, Evan Brand, Abel James, Eva T. Dean Laurie, Will Fleming, Luke Norsworthy, Doc Parsley, Sean Stevenson, Brian McKenzie, Jenny LeBaugh, Benny Wiley. We've had some pretty big names on the show. Yes, we have. Bragging and I, I, I kind of lose track of some of that because we make a joke that we're just two, two nerds with a Skype connection. Anybody can do this. But, you know, we, we, we really did. We really have had some some people that were shocking at the time when you told me, "Hey, we got like Mark Sisson." I was like, "What? what? Yeah. How, why was he? What? What yeah. is he doing on our crappy show?" <laughs> you know, the, those things always surprised me yeah. on the show for sure. And like when you would tell me like the you know the numbers of people, the numbers of show downloads, like we never made a big deal out of that because that's not really what our style is. But like that always kind of blew me away that that more than one person <laughs> enjoys listening to this. Show. Right. So. Thank you, nerds. Yeah. Thank you. Well, and stay tuned for an important announcement at the end of the show. But before we do that, let's get to the interview with Dave. Go to the website, simplymonast.com. Like us on Facebook, at SimplyHuman52. All that is good and there. Um, you can call us at 530-42-HUMAN if you'd like to leave us a voicemail or a comment or a question or a funny story, whatever you want to do. Um, so let's get to the interview with Dave. We talked to Dave Hunt about his Navy pilot days, Top Gun, Sully Sullenberger, <laughs> I was waiting for your laughter. Dave's fitness journey, bench press accidents, working up to higher volume, a double under secret sauce, enjoying your movement, Dave's birthday, and March Madness. Here's Dave. Joining us today on the Simply Human podcast is the president and CEO of Crossrope, Dave Hunt. Dave invented the Crossrope system when sidelined with an injury in 2011. We're going to talk about that, I'm sure. From his high school days in upstate New York to the Naval Academy and on to a career as a Navy pilot. Pretty cool, Rick. That's pretty cool. That is very cool. <laughs> he's always had a passion for jumping. When he's not at Crossrope headquarters working on innovative new ways to bring an enjoyable jump rope experience to the masses, you'll find him at the gym or spending time with his wife and two kids. Welcome, Dave. Thanks, guys. I appreciate you having me on. I, I've read a book... Uh, Add that to the bar- that. bragging montage. Uh, <laughs> uh, it, it's called Deep Survival, and part one of the chapters had to deal with like like Navy pilots and how insane you have to be, and you're like a different breed of person. Well, I want you to talk about your background and like how you started Crossroad and everything. But let's first talk about like 
you know, when you were like, we're approaching like a, like a, you know, a boat and you have to land on it. It's, I mean, you have to be, it's just, that is pretty high stress. One little thing goes wrong and it's, it is goodbye Dave forever. Talk about like that and dealing with that stress. Well, I'm going to excite you and disappoint you at the same time. I'm so, so excited as a pilot, the, old, <laughs> uh, the, the plane that I chose was the only Navy plane that does not land on a carrier. Oh, thank God. So maybe I have you know an ounce of sanity because all my friends <laughs> went jets and they said that it was uh, a riveting experience but pretty scary at the same yes. time. So when I flew, I kind of and, and part of this ties into into fitness. You know, I flew a plane where I I knew that I'd have access to a gym at all times and uh, be able to sleep in a bed. And uh, so the P three Orion was wow. uh, like an old you know almost Vietnam War era plane that used to do sub hunting missions, and it really was a fantastic opportunity. I mean, there was still definitely times when I was on the edge of my seat during training and when I was deployed. Uh, don't get me wrong. But uh, I've never had the pleasure or the scare, I guess, of landing yeah. on an aircraft carrier. I uh, I thought you were going to say that you chose to fly the Spruce Goose. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> the, the old the old wooden aircraft <laughs> with like a football field long wingspan. Yeah, yeah, that that would have been fun. Um, so in this book, there's talks, some Spruce humor for all of you, uh, aviation. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Well, and in this book, it talks about, and I, I bet you can kind of relate with this as well, like, A, if anyone acted like Tom Cruise in Top Gun, they would have gotten their rear ends kicked because they don't really act like that. Like shirtless volleyball? Is that what you mean? Or? or just acting like a total idiot and, like, no regard for safety or caution. And Did you ever get a chance to say, I man to somebody like that brushing the uh condescendingly brushing stuff off of them well the thing was is you know the the movie was such a hit and i think actually legitimately did inspire a lot of people in our generation to fly so even though people weren't necessarily like that they kind of joked but sometimes (laughs) the jokes kind of went to the serious realm where you wondered if they really were joking (laughs) so i did have a couple experiences with like real life ice man yeah that's funny. Well, then, like, you know, it's like this glamorous thing. You're, like, the coolest. But then, like, you're up in this cockpit. It's super, like, tiny. You have no way to, like, move around, stretch your legs out. The helmet that's on you is, like, pressing against your face because if you eject and wind catches the helmet, it could, like, really hurt you if it, like, blows the helmet off. And then it's, like, and then you're, you've got, you can barely breathe. And then the helmet starts, like, compressing your neck, your vertebrae. It sounds horrible. Yeah, you know, ejecting is usually not the best option, and uh, it's you got to think it's good incentive, right? I mean, don't don't crash, don't get a malfunction that you can't handle in the aircraft because if you do, uh, your day is going to get real bad real fast. Yeah, did you did you ever have to like eject or anything crazy like that? Like, what was like the the most the the time that you were closest to your demise? Well. <laughs> Everybody goes through experiences where there was, you know, some close calls in aviation. So uh, there was one in particular. This was actually uh, in the U.S. Uh, on a training flight. And um, some airports that we go to, we, we practice takeoffs and landings. There's uh, small aircraft that are taking off of different runways. And those guys aren't as trained or experienced. And so uh, I was doing a, a practice takeoff with my student at the time. 
and this aircraft started to take off without clearance, and he pulled off right in front of us, and if we had lifted off, we would have had a collision about 20 feet above the ground. Jeez. Hmm. Yeah, that that had my uh, adrenaline uh, up a couple notches. Yeah. Um, one more question, then we're going to get to your background. I promise. Um, <laughs> sure. Yeah, we can't just jump out of the whole Navy pilot thing. Yeah. Like that's hard to <laughs> to move past quickly. I know. Um, okay, your thoughts. We Rick and I listen to a. Uh, I live in Abilene. Rick lives in Dallas, and we both listen to a local, a, a local, a Dallas radio station in the morning. One of the anchors or one of the hosts on the show thinks that Sully Sullenberger really isn't... He thinks that <laughs> all pilots could have done what Sully did. Your thoughts on Sully, is he really a hero of of the <laughs> Hudson, or could any pilot have done what he did? Well, I think that... Uh, I guess the movie is trying to make a determination on that, and I don't know if it's coming out yet or if it's already out. Um, it's interesting because... Um, you know, the particular aircraft that I flew, we did practice ditching into water. Um, and that's not necessarily common among all airframes. And so, uh, you know, I, I think for, you know, P3 pilots, again, it's completely different with a plane full of passengers. Uh, and Tell I don't, me what I plane you, I, I you, were, you were the P3 what? The P3 Orion. Orion? Yeah. It's, oh, it's, sweet. Uh, I'm prop- looking it up. Prop plane, yeah, dude. Uh, it's it's not glamorous, no, uh, but it is a good aircraft. That's dude. why it's uh, lasted for a long time. Yeah, that is, but um, sweet. Yeah, I don't know. I, I think that um, I don't know. It's they always call it in aviation, you know, armchair quarterbacking a situation. Like it's easy for people to look and say, oh yeah, he could have, should have done this. And um, I think that there are, there are other pilots that could have done it, but I think that there's definitely some that could not have done it, and it, or you know, yeah. would have made. Um, a decision to try to land back at a ah, runway, and then uh-huh. make, that would have been a fateful decision. So you heard it here All first, right, folks. So you heard it here first, folks. Dave says that Sully Sullenberger, <laughs> not a hero, just a regular, <laughs> regularly trained pilot. <laughs> hey, you know, uh, bad press is good too, right? Yeah. <laughs> there yeah. you go. Yeah, well, and also he, what he's also said was that he probably destroyed a multi-billion-dollar aircraft. He could have just turned around and landed it. <laughs> turns it into like a uh, parking meter and smashes it up <laughs> <laughs> okay now seven minutes in dave <laughs> tell us how you got to where you are today yeah sure well i think you know for, for the fitness journey piece of it i mean I, I i think i've always sort of had an innate passion for kind of the competitive aspect of sports and fitness and for some reason, jumping. I mean, as far back as I can remember, even when I was a little kid, I was doing, you know, air squats in my room when I was seven years old, trying to jump higher. And all the sports that I ever did were, you know, I was I was the shortest kid on my basketball team in fifth grade. And all I cared about was blocking the tallest kid on the team. And so, you know, I've always just had an interest in, in jumping and, and sports and fitness related to that sort of thing. And, you know, so my activities and interests carried me, you know, to track and field and basketball and volleyball in high school and then uh, track and field in college. And so now, you know, you graduate from college and I just felt like I wasn't ready to hang up the spikes. I still had kind of this competitive spirit and wanted to try to uh, get stronger, get faster, jump higher. And, um, you know, so for jump rope specifically, that's when I, I started taking more of an interest because now in the military, I was traveling more, um, I was deployed, it was a portable fitness tool. And so I just found that I was using a jump rope kind of 
um, integrating the career choice that I had made with my, you know, fitness and jumping passion that I had from when I was younger. Awesome. And you mentioned being the shortest guy on the team, wanting to block the tallest guy on the team. I wasn't the tallest guy. I was, I'm six two. When I was a sophomore, Rick, I don't know if you know, I think I've told this to you. This one of the, oh boy. Here one, we of, go. one of the point guards, <laughs> one of the little short guys in practice went up and just like rejected me like hardcore. Oh, I thought we were going to go with Mark. Uh, yeah, one time when I was a junior, I swatted this shot in JV game, and it was really terrific. No, no, and everybody... no. <laughs> no, no, no. I was the I was the one who was sw- swatted, and I pretended like he need me in the groin. <laughs> See, I remember that very distinctly. Yes. Yeah, I mean, he didn't. He didn't need me in the groin. I was just embarrassed. So. There's I mean, that. you have to do that because when you get blocked by a shorter guy, it's like the worst thing that can happen in basketball. So yeah. I don't blame you. Yeah, it's super embarrassing. Um, okay, so what gave you the idea to create this? You know, talk about your interchangeable weighted ropes. What the heck is that? I mean, people they jump rope. They think of, you know, like the cloth rope and the playground and they're going. Now, if in the CrossFit community, which we have some listeners in that in that Era, era. Uh, wrong I, I do CrossFit as well. I do CrossFit with a group at work. So you do. Yeah, you're talking. Well, I'm not the. Yeah, although I'm not like the kind that's like at the party. If I corner you and I talk to you nonstop about how yeah I'm a vegan CrossFitter and yada yada yada. <laughs> that's not me. But like yes, I have uh, been doing it for a couple of months now. Cool. I enjoy it pretty thoroughly. Yeah. Well, I mean, they have like the uh, the speed ropes, uh, things like that. You can get all the different uh, uh, you know diameters and all that. Kind of talk us through. What's out there as far as jump ropes? And then talk about your interchangeable weighted jump ropes. Sure, yeah. I mean, you're hitting on a lot of good stuff. I think with jump rope, it's interesting because less so now than maybe a couple years ago. I think we're trending in the right direction. But it was kind of either a playground activity or something that was for elite boxers and MMA fighters. Yeah, you know, I think it was Rocky. kind of like, oh, that's for... Yeah, it's for girls on the playground or, you know, kids doing double dutch or it's for you know, Rocky and, you know, Mike Tyson and all those guys. And so there was kind of 99.9% of the population in the middle that just, you know, they didn't want to do it. They were worried that they weren't coordinated enough or, or they didn't feel like they fit into one of those groups. And kind of like you mentioned, it's it's good with the advent of functional fitness and, and CrossFit and, um, you know, some other fitness type movements, jump rope has gained more popularity because it is such an effective exercise. So, you know, for me with cross rope, I had had an experience again, you know, back when I was deployed with these heavy tube ropes. I was overseas. It was the first time I had seen them. And they were a really, really good workout. I was surprised that I hadn't seen them before. And I think part of the reason why is because the design was so bad that I broke three of them in about a week. The tubing just ripped out of the handles. It was just a terrible, terrible design. Such an aggressive. That's a great feeling, by the way, when you, you're exercising so hard, you just blast a piece of equipment into <laughs> multiple pieces. You'd be like, yeah, they'll make a rope strong enough for me. It is the first time. And then the second and the third and the fourth time, it's, it's just it kind of loses its luster. It's like maybe I wasn't that great. Maybe the equipment <laughs> just sucks. Yeah. Just it's- imagine you use one of those big, gigantic, like uh, four-foot braided diameter ropes that you see like on old-timey boats. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, they you have they do use those sometimes. I mean, they don't they you can use them as a jump rope. They don't really rotate or work that well. And no, the one good thing about those is at least you won't snap them like the other ones. Yeah. True. So, you know, the idea for me was I kind of had a gym bag full of tangled ropes and the quality jump ropes 
are expensive. And, and the reason why is because to get a good quality pair of handles that rotates well and has good, good ball bearings is really what, you know, is really the primary element of, of expense to the consumer or to the manufacturer. And, you know, my idea was that most equipment, you can adjust the resistance, whether it's bands, machines, barbells where you put on various weight. What if I had a rope that, you know, had a real quality, high performing, durable set of handles, and then I had different weights of ropes that could clip in. And so I could sell it as a package system where you can now adjust the, you know, the resistance of the jump rope. And so that's kind of how the idea of, of cross rope was born, just based out of my own need and not really being happy with the tangled mess of, of ropes that I had in my gym bag. So, okay, is, I, I would imagine that cross rope is sort of a play off of CrossFit. Is that, is that right? Or did, is CrossFit all over you for the name? Well, no. We, you know, the, the background to it was I was aware of, of CrossFit at the point in time. I mean, who, who wasn't? They've right. done such a great job with the branding, and it's just kind of on the tip of everyone's tongue. And, but I thought you know, the primary reason for the name was that it was a cross-training jump rope apparatus. Because of the fact that most jump ropes have a single training mode, it's typically cardio, and as soon as you have different weights of ropes, you can do more of a cross-training approach to it because of the fact that heavy-weighted ropes offer a significantly different type of training challenge than the lightweight ropes. So, you know, they did approach me at one time, and we have, you know, basically uh, an agreement that I can continue to use cross-rope um, commercially. So all that is kind cool. of squared away and there's no issues. But yeah. um, I think that it is important to me in terms of the branding and the way that we give our content and our ropes that we do differentiate ourselves, you know, certainly out of respect for CrossFit, but also because of the fact that the way that we encourage people to train and the focus on jump rope specifically, we want to make sure that people know that it's you know, separate outside of CrossFit and isn't something just for CrossFitters. Right. And it's like, that's like CrossFit going to like all the crosswalks in America and be like, hey, so you can't use <laughs> crosswalk. I have to use a different word here. We have cross. We can just, anything cross is ours. <laughs> well, and that, you know, when, had I, had I known that, you know, the, their brand would continue to grow and be so prevalent and that the first thing that came to everybody's mind in fitness when you said cross was CrossFit. I, I may have thought differently about it. I just didn't realize it. You know, when I, when I started coming up with the names, it was still growing. And again, I think it's more, I think the cross piece of it is more of a testament to, um, you know, how prevalent it's become. And, you know, so in terms of how we, you know, do our branding and, and quite frankly, you know, a, a majority of our customers are not from the CrossFit community. We certainly have some great customers from that community. Um, and I've been a member of it in, in previous times, but I, I think we just want to tell people, you know, if, if you like CrossFit, here's some options for you. If you don't, you know, don't worry. This isn't something that's only for CrossFitters. Right. Okay. <clears throat> uh, Rick, I'm sorry, but Dave and I are the only guys in the room, uh, mm. who have suffered a serious injury while bench pressing. Let's talk about that. Oh boy. Two of us is, <laughs> Well, I guess uh, I guess we're in good company because it is yeah. not a, a fun experience. But um, I guess that was the the catalyst for the business. So back in 2011, um, you know, kind of like I mentioned to you, I had I've always had that competitive spirit, trying to lift heavier, get stronger. 
And I, you know, I, I had a bit of a freak accident bench pressing where I tore my pec and, uh, you know, had to go see an orthopedic surgeon to get it reattached. Ugh. And oh. it's just, yeah, it's just rough when you're in a scenario where, you know, you can't do the things that you're passionate about. So I couldn't fly. I couldn't exercise. I was stuck on the couch. And I'd always wanted to kind of do something entrepreneurial. And so I kind of just said, well, you know, uh, it's, it's easy to talk. It's hard to do. And this is the best opportunity I'm ever going to have for coming up with some ideas and actually acting on it because I have some downtime. So that's why I kind of thought of a couple different fitness ideas that I wanted to pursue. And this seemed like the best one to me. And uh, that's how it all started. Cool. Yeah. So my uh, I dropped uh, a lot of weight on my chest. I was maxing out. This is a couple years ago and uh, and broke a rib and did some other damage. And it was not fun. I couldn't I couldn't like lay on my stomach for like three, oh, for like okay. three months, like lifting my arms up and all that. It was crazy. So did you hear? Wait, could you not fly because you couldn't flap your arms really fast? <laughs> yeah, well, that too. Yeah, that that too. <laughs> Sorry, Rick. I was just waiting for. Rick. Yeah, yeah. I thought I was waiting for your apology. But, uh, that joke. <laughs> hey, my dad called. He wants his joke back. <laughs> oh man. So, and what year was this? Was 2011, right? That you that you yeah. Tore your, okay. Cool. Yeah. So. Let's talk about uh, kind of, you know, I see some similarities in like, okay, like the barefoot running thing. Everyone, you know, Born to Run came out and everybody just started running around barefoot and then everybody started getting injured. You know, what, <laughs> what are the, how can you work up, what, what are, how do you recommend people working up to being at sort of a jump roping level that you are? Because, you know, there are, there could be like Achilles, plantar fasciitis, you know, foot issues. Like how do you kind of work up, what, what is the, the plan sort of revolve, how, how does it revolve around that issue? Yeah, sure. Well, it's a good point. And I, I think, interestingly enough, one, there's a lot of misconceptions about jumping rope. And, um, you know, for example, people think that jumping rope is higher impact than running. Well, actually, if you, you know, have halfway decent technique, it's lower impact than running. But most people don't know that. And some people have had that one experience where they weren't jumping the right way and they were lifting their feet way off the ground. Um, and so anytime, you know, with any sort of exercise or, or fitness regimen that you're involved in, if you're not, trying to employ the proper technique, there is a higher possibility of getting an injury. But we're very kind of, um, you know, education centric with, um, with our content, because we do think that it's important to give people tips and tricks to get them started uh, on the right foot. And so it Pun leads intended. to the next, next aspect of our product, which is the fact that weighted ropes, and I actually didn't discover this until after I you know, created the product and, and started going around and having people try it out, but weighted ropes are actually much easier to learn to jump with than, than light ropes because of the fact that they provide more feedback. And I think it's one of the only exercises where that's the case because normally it's the classic, you know, make sure you use the lightest weight possible until you get the form down. Right. And then kind of progress in weight. And it's, it's a little bit backwards with jump rope because that, that heavier rope, it's not going to be so heavy that a beginner can't handle it at a slow pace. And it just allows them to feel exactly where it is, to time their jump, um, to learn the proper technique. And so those are the elements of, of what we encourage you know, all jumpers, not just our customers, but all jumpers to use so that they can help to gradually build up and, and prevent injury. Yeah, that is an interesting point because I, when I first started you know, doing some jump rope stuff. I would, I was doing Academy and you just get like, they have like a Nike jump rope there. It's just like a jump rope, you know, 
you don't know if it's heavy or light. It's just a jump rope, right? And then as I got into it more, you try trying to do uh, double unders, for instance, which we'll t- we're going to talk about, uh, with like that big, what I now know is like a heavier rope. It was really hard. And then you you work on that and you do that a lot. And it's like you said, you get in the feedback. And, man, if you hit yourself in the feet or the ankles with that rope, man, that hurts. <laughs> and then you get – I bought, like, one of the RX ropes. You know, you, like, customize it to your height and all that. And then, like, double unders are, like – it's like you're not even – you can't even feel the rope. It's like you said. Like, it's just like you're jumping. And you hear, like – Right, <laughs> right. And then sometimes the small ropes can really hurt you as well. Um, but yeah, I know one of the one of the things that you have is a kind of like a secret sauce for double unders. And there are a lot of people. I bragging montage never had any issue with double unders. Like, but some people just like. But I can't do a bar muscle up, Rick. So there, I can't. I can't do. Oh that. well, <laughs> well then, <laughs> idiot. <laughs> so like, what? How? Like, what is the what is the secret there? Yeah, well, I mean, first, I mean, you have to have a bragging montage every show, so I'm glad that you got it in. Yes, yes. <laughs> but, uh, you know, with with the secret sauce, I think there's there's a couple, you know, there's a couple different elements, and the first one is that, um, you know, like any recipe that you have, if you don't have the right proportion of ingredients, it's not going to come out the right way, and so the approach that we take is the idea that uh, you can't just have the technique inputs. And you can't just have the equipment. You have to have the right mix of both working in unison in order to accelerate the results that you get. And so the way that we approach it is, you know, and and this isn't product exclusive. You know, it's not we have content for helping people to learn double unders that does not involve our product. But we do believe and have some pretty solid evidence from people who have gone through some of our challenges in our curriculums that using a variety of weights of ropes throughout single under drills and then progressions to double under drills greatly accelerates their ability to learn because of the fact that when your body has to adapt to the different rhythm of different weights of ropes, you naturally start to improve your overall rotational technique and it becomes much easier to sync double unders together for proper timing. It sounds to me like uh, jumping rope is a lot like distance running hang on with me on this because people people think hey i'm gonna go out and i have a, I have a and I'm, i did this exact same thing that's how i say this not condescendingly it's like my on my bucket list was to run a marathon so it's like i'll just get out and go run and today i'll run you know three miles and then next week i'll run four miles and then the next week and i'll build up and up but like there's a lot more technique to it than you would think if you do it the wrong way you'll do what i ended up doing and getting injured and not being able what? What was that, Mark? I thought I turned my <laughs> I thought I thought I turned my mic down. <laughs> I thought I like that As long as it wasn't me, that would have been rude. Well, as long as you guys well, it was this it was this noise. Listen. <laughs> but I thought I didn't turn my mic all the way down. <laughs> I was so shocked that you like re- reacted to. You winner two for the most professional podcast of the year goes to Supplyman. That was so entertaining, right? Oh my gosh! Oh. Out his pants or whatever that was in the background. <laughs> uh, so a lot more technique to it. You, you know, I'm a admitted a jump rope novice uh, when the CrossFit guy at work uh puts jumping rope in a workout maybe about once every six weeks i grab a rope and i jump and i suck at it and whatever you think that like oh you just grab a rope and you jump but there's a lot more to it 
it sounds like then then uh, the jump rope layman thinks there is. Yeah, there is. I mean, it's one of those things where, you know, a couple small tidbits of advice can make a huge difference. It's just a matter of who the person is and whether or not, um, you know, there's somebody there to, you know, some people are just are just naturals. They can figure it out. Other people, they need a little bit of help. But if they kind of go through a, a sequence of progressions that are intended to improve uh, primarily their rotational technique or their bounding technique, then it really is a confidence builder and it becomes a lot more fun. You know, it becomes a lot more fun and uh, kind of a positive challenge. And, you know, I was, I, I was looking at your site beforehand, the four oh, no. pillars that you guys have, you know, move, <laughs> eat, sleep, enjoy. And I, I like that. Oh, that site. Okay, good. Whew. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll have to hear the rest of the story on that later. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I, I think that the big thing that people miss in fitness sometimes is kind of the enjoyment piece of it. And there's something that is very satisfying about accomplishing a fitness skill or exercise that's a little bit more challenging than others. And, and that's a common thing that we get is people really become engaged and have a great time jumping rope once they start to learn the basics, um, you know, as opposed to other exercises, which are fine, but they don't really take, you know, they don't take a lot of effort or skill to, to learn. So I think it's kind of finding that balance and and finding what works for people. That's fun. Yeah. That, so I think, not oh, sorry. you to like give away the farm here, because obviously this is your proprietary workout and whatnot, but like what, what, walk me through like a typical I, – I hate when people are like, yeah, give me your typical whatever because everything changes so much. But like what's a pretty standard like cross-roping workout? So we tend to focus on uh, high-intensity protocol just because people really like short, sweet, and to the point. And in yep. fact, we, we have a free app that we built around our sets because it really helps people to see – the value and the difference between using light and heavy ropes within the same workout. So an example would be that somebody would do 30 second, you know, maximum effort with a light rope or double unders with a light rope. They'll take 30 seconds rest and then they'll go into 30 seconds maximum effort with a heavy rope because the heavy rope is going to have a lot more upper body engagement. And so now within the period of, you know, a five to 10 minute workout, you're burning a lot of calories and you're getting a full body workout because you're um, engaging your upper body muscles along with the standard cardiovascular type exercise. Yeah, and anybody that's that jump ropes correctly, and if you're doing it for high intensity for long periods, or not, you don't even have to go long periods, like just longer than like you know a couple of seconds. Your wrists and arms and shoulders are burning. Your core should be activated. You should have that neutral spine and your head should be stacked. When you, to do that, you need to activate your core so your core is burning. And then, of course, your legs are burning. And then your cardiovascular system, I mean, it's really, it, I think that's why like, CrossFit uses it so much because it is such, it's like burpees. It's like a lot of bang for your buck. Like it's, it's, you can fit a lot of intensity into a very short amount of time. I mean, just go out and try to, to yeah, do double unders for a minute. As fast, like as many as you can. I mean, in that minute, you are absolutely gassed. Well, you're right. And I mean, I it's it's cool. I mean, there's scientific studies even that show, you know, the the average uh, caloric burn rate for jump rope in comparison to other cardiovascular type exercises is is the highest, one of the highest, if not the highest. I mean, you can burn yeah. upwards of a a thousand calories an hour jumping rope. So Jeez. it's it's legit. Yeah. I do have one very quick question before we wrap this up. We want to be respectful of your time, but this is for me, this is kind of the elephant in the room. So I'm uh, discussing this with a jump rope expert such as yourself. When I jump rope, I 
poop your pants? Afterwards. It's like it's shaking everything in my bowels out toward the back end. I think I might be doing it wrong. Am I the only person that uh, after they jump ropes, like, man, I've really got to go to the bathroom number two now? <laughs> uh, I don't know. I don't think so. But I think I, I guess my counter question would be how high are you jumping when you jump rope? Mm. Well, I'm extremely athletic. So very, very high. <laughs> well, very that's, high. That's there the wrong answer. That's the wrong answer. <laughs> Yeah, no, I mean, I think, again, you know, normal jump rope is usually, you know, once you've got the technique down, a one to two inch bound off the ground. So it, it's lower impact than running. So if you find that jumping rope, uh, you know, makes you feel like you need to go more so than after running, <laughs> you're probably jumping higher Too much. than you are when you're running. If not, um, I don't know, you might want to get that checked out, man. Yeah. <laughs> I really do need to take a, a video of me jump roping. I just like a drunken, a drunken one-legged man. It's really, I really am terrible. It's really funny. So you heard it here first, folks. Dave's uh, uh, diagnosis. Rick, you have colon cancer. Um, <laughs> oh, here's Mark Rogers with his cancer joke series. Go ahead, Mark. <laughs> All right, Dave. We are. About, we need to wrap up. We do. We'll do a couple of things. We're going to guess your birthday. We each get two guesses. <laughs> Yeah, this thing we do to every guest, it's very weird and random. I don't remember how we started doing it, but we both get two guesses at your birthday. Don't give us any hints. Don't be like, oh, you're really close. Just say yes or no. That's all you do. Okay. Hey, Mark, go ahead. November 1st. No. April 20th. No. <laughs> Good one, Rick. Uh, oh. 420. Nice. Um, May. Yeah, some of getting baked out of my mind. <laughs> May 13th. No. June twenty seventh. No. Dang it! All right, what, what is it? April twelfth. Oh. <laughs> what did you say? I was so tempted to say you're really close. What did you say, Rick? Laughed, thinking I'm making a weed joke. Really, what I was doing was making a Hitler joke. That's his birthday. <laughs> oh my gosh! Great. Yeah, the, yeah, Rick with the Hitler joke series. Perfect. Okay, so real quick before we ask you the last question, um, you you guys have done something for us. If you go to, where is it? Here it is. If you go to crossrope.com/slash/simplyhumanpodcast, there is uh, something you get a free. Uh, uh, what is it? A, a a link for the free jump rope training guide. Yep. Well then. Yes. And it will be good to go. Uh, let's see. The landing page isn't live yet, but it'll be good to go after November seventh. Is that right? Yeah. Well, it, by the time this is live, it'll be good to go. So. Okay. Okay. Yeah. 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 If you guys if you guys put it up earlier or whatever is convenient, we'll have it ready to go. But yeah. Oh, I just, see. What, I see what she means. Yeah. That. Okay. It's our. Yeah. We're just we're just really intent on getting more people jumping. Period. So we're always trying to, um, you know, give out free tips and advice and information just to get, get people jumping because we we think that if they have a good experience jumping, that they'll be interested in in more of what we have to offer. But uh, our first mission is just to get people jumping safely. And uh, to have a good time doing it. Yeah, that, and that's the thing. Like in the enjoy thing. If you're not, if you don't enjoy the movement pattern that you are trying to, you know, make a habit. Like you're not gonna. It's not gonna ever become a habit. So that's something that we kind of talked about just a second ago. But I just want to re reemphasize that. And so is crossrope.com the best place to find you. And then what about social media? Where where can people find you on social media? Well, we've got a, a really prolific YouTube channel. Um, again, with lots of advice um, and, and tips. And then. Uh, Instagram, Facebook, all, all the usual ones. What is um, your Instagram? Is it just at Crossrope? It's uh, at Crossrope Jump Rope. Crossrope Jump Rope. 
Awesome. Very good. Okay, last question. We ambushed everybody with this question. What is one thing you enjoy about life or something you do to make life more enjoyable? Doesn't have to do anything with jump rope, anything we talked about. Something that you like to, to something you're passionate about. I am a big fan of March Madness oh, every year. Okay. Love it. Uh, so are, you the, are you the guy who calls in sick like the first two days of the tournament or schedules like yeah. an elective surgery procedure <laughs> the day before so you can be home recuperating? I, I, well, I tell all my employees that, uh, you know, I have the day off. They can take care of everything. I got I to gotta put my bracket together. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Well, that's a very simple your, and easy. Oh, yeah. What are you going to say? Team. Sorry, what was that? Oh, my, uh, my favorite team, uh, Syracuse Orangemen. Okay. Very good. Won the title in 2001. Two. Two? Three. 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 Uh, okay. We were so close. Back when, when, when Yellow was a freshman. Yep, Carmelo. Yeah, and that uh, block from, uh, God, what was that guy's? Hakeem Warwick had that really yep. key block of that yep. corner. On the, the three, th- yeah. on the three. It was Kirk Heinrich, wasn't it, that he blocked? Yeah, yeah, they were playing Kansas. Ha! Yeah. Ah, look at that. What a memory. Ah, I'm so smart. Um, <laughs> all right, well, Dave, <laughs> thank you so much for this. Uh, we'll, uh, we will... You know, obviously, let you know when this comes out, and uh, hopefully, we can drive some traffic your way. But thank you so much for your time, and uh, hope to talk to you soon. Hey, thanks, guys. I appreciate it. You're listening to the Simply Human podcast. Thank you, Dave. That was amazing. You can find all of his stuff at crossrope. Oh wait, crossrope.com. But then, yeah. but then you can go to crossrope.com/slash Simply Human podcast. And, uh, you know, find out what we were talking about there. There's a YouTube channel, at Crossrope Jump Rope is the Instagram. All that will be in the show notes. And that, uh, my weird nose noise uh, <laughs> was really funny. <laughs> like, that, I try, uh, that was funny. <laughs> I can't wait to, that'll probably be the end, remember. Um, or it might be, there's always sex. <laughs> <laughs> that, oh, that was another one we forgot to mention. That was like... Only- always sex that was like episode like five or six (laughs) it was really early on i remember i recorded that one i remember where i recorded that i hadn't recorded there in a long time um but uh yeah so now it is time for humans being human and george was so good last week and we we, he had this other story that we wanted to to tell and so you could be on the call but i called george he was actually in austin traffic yesterday when all the donald trump protests were happening he was stuck in that traffic when we were recording this call Boy. Yeah. So anyway, here's George. I've started recording, and so George's birthday was on the 30th of October, 31st, 30th, 30th, 30th. 30th. So I, th- I was right, and I sent him a birthday card, and I the the card was basically every word to now I can't even remember who sings that song. Do you remember who, who sings uh. that? I'm all out of love. I'm so lost without you. Yeah. I don't know what it's called. Yeah. So the whole song. I don't know when that started, but like, I guess we would, if one of us was like out of town or something, when we got back to our little office suite, we would, we would sing. I'm so out of love. I'm so lost without you. And, uh, so that's, that's what happened. So George is back and George did such a great job. Uh, talking about bathroom uh, stories, the, uh, right at the tail end of last week's show, I mentioned, oh, George delivered his third daughter on his bathroom floor, and we just sort of skirted right over that. Let's tell that story. Okay. 
Well, what the first crap? of all, you're having me on again, and you're clearly running out of content. <laughs> you're calling me. So I am I'm in downtown Austin right now, and if I yell an expletive, it's because there's an anti-Trump protest oh, going on. Oh. I'm trying to get to a meeting, and they're, like, blocking off all the – like, these protesters are blocking off all the streets down here. Well, we won't get political, but it, it is – that we are recording this the day so, after. All right, so – I know you're. Uh, you only have a little bit of time, so I have four daughters. Wow! And my oldest is seven. My youngest is about to be a year old. So my third daughter, her name is Ellie. She is about to turn three, and she was born on the bathroom floor. So that's <laughs> so. At, that's, a, at that's a, that's truck stop, a truck stop men's room, or yeah. Yes. No, at, at our house. Oh. Yeah, at our house. So that's the end. So now I'll kind of Tarantino it backwards for you. Ooh, but, nice. Um, so my first two daughters, uh, we had a very, you know, we were blessed with very uh, uneventful, you know, birthing experiences, right? It was just a healthy, healthy pregnancy, no, no complications. So we were very fortunate. The challenge is that they came very quickly. So... By the time, you know, we actually got to the hospital, so the time that they were born was actually not a whole lot of time, um, you know, maybe an hour. Yeah. Right? So, so quick, you know, quick is comparatively, I guess. So, um, so we knew the third one was going to be quick as well, uh, because the first two were. And so we, uh, we mapped out, you know, kind of a a birth plan with our OB because we wanted to make sure we managed the hospital on time. And our OB essentially said, you know, hey, as long as you're at the hospital when you're, you know, five minutes apart, you'll be okay. So, so we put together this plan that when we were, you know, seven minutes apart, we'd leave so we could get there on time. So all of this was approved by like, you know, highly qualified medical <laughs> professionals. Right. So, so it's probably four thirty five in the morning, and my wife wakes me up. She says, "You know, I've been having contractions; they're pretty consistent. Uh, we're going to probably need to leave in the next thirty minutes." So I did. So I, I called her, her parents, my in laws. They live here in town, and they were going to come uh, watch the big girl go to the hospital. So I get out of bed. I call my in laws, tell them to come over, and then I, I naturally do an Annie husband in that situation would do and I, I take a quick shower yeah because because you never really know when you're going to get another shower right. i mean you know let's, let's be honest so uh i get out of the shower and i start loading up the car and uh i walk into our closet to get a bag and she's let my wife is laying on the floor which is weird yes. and so i just you know are you okay she said yeah i'm, I'm, I'm trying to get dressed Contractions are getting pretty intense. So I just keep loading the car. Uh, I put the last bag in the car, and when I walk in from the garage, I can hear her screaming for me from our our bedroom. So I go back, and she's panicked and says, you know, we're not going to make it. We're not going to make it. And if you know my wife, she's very calm. She is a medical professional, so she's not, you know, so she kind of understands how all this works. So... She says we're not going to make it. Um, long, to make a long story long, I end up calling 911 and saying, you know, I think we might not make it to the hospital. 
And so the 911 operator, you can tell that was like, you know, this was like his Super Bowl. You know, he immediately got really excited and was like, okay, I'm going to talk you through it. So I put 911 operator on speakerphone, and first thing he says is, I need you to, to check her. He's like, and, have you showered, sir? Yeah, so step one, have you showered? Yes, yes. I have. Okay, okay, okay. on to the next step thing. Two, <laughs> yeah, step two, I need you to check her. So you know me, you know that I have I have two fears in this entire world. Sharks. One of which is height. Oh, right. Height and feminine hygiene functions and I'm, all that that entails. I'm sorry, did you say cinnamon? Yes, cinnamon. cinnamon. <laughs> I love nutmeg, but I hate cinnamon. <laughs> it's feminine hygiene. Feminine, yes. So uh, he says checker. And I ask him for a little more clarification as to what that means. <laughs> he said, I need you to look down there and see if you see anything. So I look down there and I see the top of baby's head. Oh, gosh. And he says, okay, you're going to deliver the baby. And I think, well, I mean, surely, you know, we still have time, right? I mean, we're 20 minutes from the hospital just because I can see the baby's head. He's like, no, dude, you're going to deliver so uh, I get in position, and he starts walking me through it, and baby is about, she's out to her shoulders. Oh, my when, gosh. When, when I hear my in-laws walk in. The last time I talked to my in-laws, it was, hey, we're getting ready to go to the hospital. You need to come over. All of this escalated really quickly, so they didn't know that there was a birth happening. So they come walking in. I hear my mother-in-law, hey, we're, we're here. Like, okay, crap. So, so they come walking in to our bedroom to see me delivering, you know, a baby on the floor with their daughter, you know, spread eagle. So, so uh, I send her mom into the living room to, uh, you know, make sure that big, the big girls don't wake up. And then um, her her dad is a retired like firefighter EMS guy and so uh thank goodness yeah so that that's helpful because I, I really needed another hand literally and so, and so uh but that was weird right so he got down next to me and kind of helped me finish the delivery so y'all so are both strange. y'all are both like sort of powwowing around uh your wife's around vagina her, yeah around his daughter's um you know huh. situation <laughs> so so that was kind of weird. Uh, but he said, he kind of nudge you and say, hey, I used to wipe this with, with baby yeah. wipes. Yeah. We could have just gone fishing. You know, if we really needed to bond, we, we didn't have to do this. <laughs> right. so, anyways, baby comes out. Uh, she starts crying, which is a good sign. And so the 911 operator tells me, you know, we need you to tie the cord. Now, don't cut it. We just need you to, to clamp it. So I start looking around for an appropriate, you know, device to clamp a umbilical cord in a bathroom. So, so naturally, I, I clamped it with kitchen twine uh, from the kitchen. Like that you, like, would tie the turkey legs together with? Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's exactly what it was. So <laughs> I tied the, uh, the turkey leg. They got the turkey leg twine and tied the umbilical cord. And right about that time, I had a house full of, like, first responders 
Wow. So uh, how, how long do you think it was from the time you called to the time they were in your bathroom? Okay, so it felt like forever, but it yeah. was probably only a couple of minutes. What's crazy is when she woke me up, it was 5 o'clock in the morning, and we were still, you know, everything was going according to plan. She woke me up at 5 a.m., and baby was born at 5.20 on the bathroom floor. So all of that transpired in a matter of 20 minutes. Uh, But it felt like, you know, two hours. Yeah. And so, anyways, they, uh, you know, they load mom and baby up in the the ambulance. And I jump in the car and follow, you know, start following them to the hospital. And, uh, you know, it was kind of at that time I was in a kind of a quiet car by myself. Like, you kind of come off the adrenaline high. Yeah. It just hit me. And I was like, oh, my God. I just delivered a freaking baby, you know? So, uh, anyways, we get to the hospital and, uh, you know, things, things sort of get to normal, get back to normal. Uh, it wasn't until we got to the hospital though, that I realized I was like covered in blood and placenta. You know? <laughs> well, so I- okay. So it's funny you say that because we mentioned on the show not long ago, I can't remember what the context was, but I admit I said, "Yeah, I used to work at a hospital, and there was like a, a placenta dumpster." And tell, like, yeah. didn't you like, and you had to do some dirty jobs, something or other, and like do that, right? Yeah, yeah, we had a uh, uh, like a we we did like a dirty jobs kind of a episode, if you will, about dirty jobs at a hospital, and so our friend Colby at HR, who I think we talked about on the last show. Yeah. Uh, convinced me to do the uh the dirty jobs piece so i got to do you know i got to do some dishwashing and but yeah i got to help put the bags of placentas into you know kind of the almost like a big dumpster essentially is what it is it was really Gosh. really good really gross that's but terrible anyways that's that was is how i delivered my third baby on the bathroom floor. and then the fourth one was was normal Fourth one was normal, yeah. Um, of course, we were really gun shy, you know, just because of the last of the whole like at home birth experience. So uh, I work at a hospital, and so when when my wife called and said, "Hey, I'm having contractions," you know, but they're 20 minutes apart, I immediately made her come up to my office, and she basically sat in my office for like four or five hours. <laughs> <laughs> I would not, I would not let her leave. You know, she might have even gone through a couple of meetings with me. I'm like, hey, this is my wife. She's in labor. No yeah. big deal. Her water just broke. But um, don't think anything of it. Yeah. yeah. So she sat up in my office for like four or five hours until it was time to you know go up to the labor and delivery department. So. Gosh. Well, let's see. There was. There's one other. We don't have. Well, we've told the Kalachi Station story on this before. When I went crazy on the guy that was like kind of giving my dad's employees hell. Uh, and y'all, and, and we've told that before, but like you were there, like you were, you witnessed that whole thing. And it, I think that was the first time you saw that side of me where sort of my, my defense protector side yeah, came so out. That was, that was the very first time that I had ever seen, uh, kind of your temper at play. So I, I didn't realize, you know, everybody knows you as like this really kind of happy go lucky you know, kind of jokester, and and that's usually the side that we see. And this was the first time I had ever experienced your just like brute temper. And I just I remember thinking, oh my gosh, like 
we're about to get into a fight at a kolache store. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but, he was like asking to use the phone or like he and he was like he was he was being rude to it was just a one art one like female worker and she felt very Yeah, yeah, it was like one, she, one of the employees there and you just like completely lost it. Yeah, he didn't know and, that uh, I was the owner's son. Uh, that it was just yeah. in there, and so he he was being disrespectful and kind of bullying this this employee, and she felt very uncomfortable. And then he ca- he came back in and tried to do it again, and I yeah I let him have it, and he was yeah it was uh, <laughs> it was kind of, it was scary when it happened just because uh, I mean you know I I never seen you angry before yeah. it wasn't really funny it wasn't really funny until like after the fact yeah till so we all really started processing it of like okay it's, of all the places where you could get into like a a brawl a street brawl it's like it's not like we're on the wrong side of the tracks or we're you know we're in like a, a su- suburban dallas kolache store <laughs> <laughs> and then i get in the like i turn around from the altercation i'm like all right guys uh you want more cinnamon rolls, or how does it do it? You guys want a cinnamon roll to go? Yeah. Like, what the hell just happened? <laughs> awesome. All right. Well, George, we are out of time. Thank you so much for your time again and for being yep. on Humans Being Human. All right. See you later. Thank you, George. Uh, you can find all of George's uh, antics and adventures uh, on Netflix, uh, George, George.com. Answer the phone. Sorry, yeah, I know. Oh. Hear my George. Uh, hear my George. <laughs> hear my phone. My phone is ringing. Uh, Answer the phone. See who it is. No, no, no. Let's do this. Come on. Answer the phone. It's it's actually my work phone. It's. Answer it. No, I'm not gonna do. It. Okay. Um, it is now time for the important announcement that kind of leads into the tip of the week, and I'm going to read a statement for this important okay. announcement. <clears throat> Here we go. Over the past three years, I have poured thousands of hours and immeasurable thoughts into a show that I hoped would help people, help them understand how to be the healthiest versions of themselves through enjoyment, nutrition, movement, and sleep. I've interviewed and we have interviewed world-renowned authors, coaches, speakers, and doctors. It has been my absolute pleasure over these last 38 months to schedule, record, and produce this show. But the Simply Human Podcast, as you all know it, is coming to an end. Rick and I have both recently... Uh, no, not you, the listener who's jump, about to jump. Yeah, off just the just here. just wait, just wait. Rick and just I, chill. yeah, just chill. Rick and I have both recently undergone major transitions in our careers, and we have decided it would be best to take a break and rethink the show in its format. To our loyal listeners, we cannot thank you enough for your emails, calls, support, iTunes reviews, messages, donations. Your support and your support alone kept us going for three years, which is a really long time. To our new listeners, thank you so much for your subscription, and Rick and I hope you will enjoy the more than 150 hours of content we have made available on iTunes. Please continue to follow us on Facebook for updates and Simply Human news. Please email us or call us with your thoughts, 530-42-HUMAN, or, or your comments, concerns can be left via voicemail or text. Please keep trying every day to be the healthiest person you can be, and please do your best to improve the lives of the people around you every day. Hi. So what does that mean yeah. for us, for us, for you guys, for whatever? Well, for us, it means that we are taking a break until the start of 2017. So right now, I don't know what November it's going to be. November 14th, yeah. For us, it's like November, uh, today's November 10th, 10th we're recording this. So we're going to take a break, a not super long break, but we're going to take a break till at least January so we can kind of reformulate what we're doing. The reason behind that is that things for both of us have changed quite dramatically. My work hours, my work days have completely been turned upside down. Mark has started uh, work at a new place. 
where he has substantially more responsibilities than before. So it's quite frankly, it's been difficult for us to figure out how to make our schedules, my schedule line up with his schedule and that line up with uh, who we're interviewing. So we're going to brainstorm. This is not the end of the Simply Human right, podcast. Right. It's the beginning of a, it's a uh, transformation. Right. It's a sunset of this format. And the, and the sun will yeah. rise again. We don't know exactly what we're going to do when we yeah. come back. It's probably going to it maybe involve a shorter program. So we're, right now we strive for around about an hour. It'll probably involve something we've been talking about. Uh, maybe shorter programs. Maybe not quite so many. I know we only do one a week. but well, hey, uh, we've, we've done four a month for three years. That's yeah. pretty incredible. That's a lot. Yeah. And so uh, honestly, Mark, uh, part of this may be uh, re- reformatting a little bit to where it's not uh, here we will have crosstalk, here we'll have an interview, here we will have the hot dog segment, here we will have humans being human, here we'll have the tip of the week. We might reformulate that. Sometimes we may have a guest interview, sometimes we may not. Uh, and if we, uh, I, I, this just came to my head right now, Mark, if we don't do an inter- if there's shows we don't do an interview, we might be able to do more of those shows right. because that's less scheduling conflict. Uh, that we would potentially have to come up with. So there's just, we don't know is the answer. We wish we did, but we're going to brainstorm and figure out a way to make it easier for us to to get with you guys and uh, and communicate with you guys and and hopefully entertain and hopefully inform uh, and, you know, be, uh, be, I don't know, like a, a good thing in your life, I guess. Yeah. And, you know, um, give us your feedback. What do you want... Um, yeah, uh, you know, like because we don't know, we don't have anything set in stone. Yeah. So let us know, like, what would be cool for you? Like, if uh, this whole time you've been listening, you're like, hey, I like the show, but it's a little bit long. Yeah. Okay, by all means, let us know. Uh, hey, we like the show, but maybe a little less on this. I don't know. Well, so yeah. let us, but continue to. This is why we have been trying to get people to like our Facebook page and follow Mark on Twitter and uh, Facebook and uh, Instagram and all this Instagram is. Because Instagram, that's the <laughs> site that your mom is on. Oh, okay. Uh, hey, uh, this is how we will communicate what we're going to do when we're going to start back up uh, around about January. So uh, if you email us, uh, we'll get those emails, simplyhumanrick at gmail.com or simplyhumanlifestyle at gmail.com. If you Facebook message us, by the way, you have to respond, Mark, to uh, someone send us a Facebook. Oh, about the uh, Audible? Think about the books. Yeah, yeah I did. I, I already did. Okay. Yep. I meant to text you that. Yeah. Uh, if you want to connect with us, there's we're we're not blowing up simply human, and uh, throwing our phones and computers away and moving out to a cabin in the woods. Uh, yeah, I uh, enjoy I enjoy talking to Rick and and recording and hearing my own voice too much to not do it. Well, at and all. we talked about this uh, a couple of weeks ago when we decided to do this. Is that uh, this was like a resurgence in our friendship because we were very 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 close friends for many many years. We went to the same college. Uh, I helped Mark get started in the television business, and he kind of took that baton from there and did better than I did. But like after that, when I moved to Ohio, we didn't talk to each other very often because we didn't see each other very yeah. often. Well, we've been talking for minimum an hour a week for three years, minimum. and it's been really, really fun. And yeah. I enjoy, I enjoy doing that. I enjoy, uh, you know, having that relationship. So that I, you know, I love Simply Human. We just need to find a way to make it. We talk a lot about how don't adopt some. A, some eating protocol or some movement protocol that's unsustainable for you because you won't be able to keep doing it. Well, as we're doing it right now, the model for the show is unsustainable for what we've got going on. Right. So uh, we we have to adjust, we have to adapt, and 
we'll, we'll come back. Yeah. And so the t- so here's the tip of the week. That leads us into the tip of the week. There's a book out there by Henry Cloud. It's called Necessary Endings. Um, I have not read it, but uh, <laughs> so one of the one of the points in the book is always ask what season you are in, right? So I think that's the tip of the week. Like know what season you're in. Know, uh, you know. I know a lot in this day and age. There's a lot of options out there. We say that all the time on the show. Like, at, be honest with yourself and ask yourself. Do I, you know, what do I have time for? What are the most important things? Like prioritize things and make sure that you're not doing so many things that you're marginalizing those things that are really important. Um, so that's the tip of the week. So I always ask what season you're in. The and other, we, the we other, did that. The other tip besides that, like us on Facebook, uh, follow Mark on Twitter and Instagram and uh, <laughs> all these other things, Snapchat, because that's how we will communicate when we're uh, you know stopping this temporary hiatus. So you have to do those things if you want to, you know, get news. And also continue to subscribe to the podcast via iTunes. You'll get a new one when we make a new one. How yeah, that? right, right. Yeah, absolutely. So cool. All right. Well, um, have a good Thanksgiving, humans. Have a good Christmas. Have a good New Year's. Uh, happy holidays. I know that irritates a lot of people when I say happy holidays, so I do it even more. <laughs> happy holidays. Happy holidays. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, we will see you in the coming year. Yep. Cool. So um, that's that. I think. Yeah. I think we. I think we said everything. So go to the website simulastyle.com, Facebook. Uh, you can go to that. That'll take you everywhere: Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, yeah. everything. Uh, email us. All the email contact information is all on the website. Uh, call us five three zero forty two human. Like us on uh, iTunes. We're still going to have the account up on iTunes. So uh, really appreciate you guys listening uh, today and in the past. And if you're a new uh, listener, please go back and enjoy the episode one. Mark Rogers in a men's room truck stop uh, in West Texas. Um, yeah, now you have something for the next two months or whatever. Uh, yeah. listen to all the shows. Yeah have uh, two months. Go now. Now. All right. Well, I think that's going to do it for this edition of the Simple Human Podcast. And remember, injured and not being able... What? What was that, Mark? I thought I turned my, <laughs> I thought, I thought I turned my mic down. <laughs> I thought I got it So until next time, enjoy yourself. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.